Hello everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I am so glad you've joined me today and I am looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Hey, I've been uh, conducting a series over the last several weeks on lessons we can learn from Jesus's 12 apostles. And session one, we did Peter. And then we did, uh, I think we did two sessions on Peter and then we did John. And then we did two sessions on Judas Iscariot. And then last week we looked at Andrew and James. And so today I want to look at uh, Philip and Nathaniel. But before I do, I want to read our opening text. It's found in Luke, the sixth chapter. And it's a list of the 12 apostles, their names. I want you to learn their, learn their names and be able to list them all. By the time we get done with this series, okay, now now I can list all 12 of them. I listed them the other night for my wife after dinner, so I I, I impressed her with it too. So so hey, uh, learn learn those names and, uh, and and but let's look at our opening text here, Luke 6 verse 12. It came to pass in those days that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. He continued all night in prayer to God, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them. See, there was a much larger group there than the 12. From them, he chose 12, 12, whom he also named apostles. And then he, and then it gives a list. Simon, who he also named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew. He's also known as Nathaniel. And we're going to cover those two today. Philip and Nathaniel, also known as uh, Bartholomew. Okay. And then Matthew, also known as Levi. Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, who's also known as James the Less. I said some things about him last week, just mentioned some things about his name. And Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James. He was also known as Thaddeus. And Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. So I want you to be able, by the time we get done with this series, I want you to be able to list all 12 of the apostles and, you know, list their names and also their as known as names. So, you know, like, like Judas, not, not Iscariot, but Judas, you also need to know that he's known as Thaddeus. Okay. And like, for example, Bartholomew, you need to know that he's also known as Nathaniel. So now you can do it. You can list, you can list by the time we get done with this series and a few weeks down the road, I want you to be able to list all 12 of his apostles, Jesus's 12 apostles by name, including what they're also known as. Now you can do it. Okay. I know that you can. So hey, let's pick up today. Got some, I think, outstanding things to share with you from the Word of God today uh, about Philip and Nathaniel. So let's get them in today. Go to John, the uh, first chapter, and I'm going to read uh, verses 43, uh, ultimately through verse uh, 51, but I'm going to stop and comment as we go, and it'll be from the New Living Translation. So John chapter 1, verse 43 says, The next day, now, this was after Peter had met Jesus. We talked about that last week, how Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. But the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. I mean, you think about some of the greatest words that you could ever hear from Jesus is, come, follow me. I, th I think the only better words you could hear from him 
is for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I guess those would have to be the, the two greatest things we could hear from him. Come, follow me. Oh, what an honor to be called of God. And then, uh, and, and, and for him to call you. And, oh man. And then for him one day to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, but anyway, he said to Philip, come, follow me. Now it says Philip was, was from, uh, Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Now, then it says Philip went to look for Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel is also known as Bartholomew. So you need to know that. All right. So Philip went to look for Nathaniel, also known as Bartholomew. And Philip told Nathaniel, now watch this. He said, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now you think about that. Now, of course, we know that Jesus was not Joseph's natural son. Jesus was born of the virgin. We understand that. But he referred to him as the, as the son of Joseph because Jesus was, was, uh, you know, he, he was known there as the son of Joseph, but we of course know that Joseph was not his biological father. So anyway, uh, but, but that's how he referred to him here. But we have found, no, but watch this. We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now, it, I mean, this is powerful. This is powerful. Now, now we know that when, uh, if you think about Andrew and you think about John, they were disciples of John the Baptist and they pointed, uh, John the Baptist pointed Andrew and, and John to Jesus, okay? And then uh, uh, Andrew went and got Peter and brought him to Jesus. And uh, James, of course, being a brother of John, he, he got in there, he got saved. He was called, officially called. We looked at that last week. They were fishermen. But now it's interesting right here, and, and, and a lot of folks don't realize this as they should, but it's so important that, that Philip and Nathaniel, now notice what he says in verse four, Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. Now you ought to underline that. The very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. So it's clear here that Philip and Nathaniel were students of, or we'll say it another way, they were studying Moses and the prophets. They were studying Moses and the prophets. Now, as we read on, here's I read on here in a little bit, we're going to see that Nathaniel was under the fig tree. He was under a fig tree. And Jesus is going to make reference to that in a moment. We'll see that as we read on. A lot of people read right over that and don't even realize what, what they're reading when they read, read through there. But you need to realize that, that many times Jews, Jewish folk, they would go under the fig tree, a fig tree, and when they, they would go under that fig tree to study the law to study Moses, to study the prophets. When they'd go under a fig, they'd go under a fig tree to study what we know as the Old Testament and, and Moses and the prophets. And, uh, and so, so Philip and Nathaniel were students of Moses and the prophets. 
And, and, and it's important to know that. And let me read from my notes here. Both Philip and Nathaniel were studying Moses and the prophets. And Moses and the prophets testify about the Messiah, Jesus. And Jesus, you know, later on, he said that, you know, uh, he said that himself. He said that Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, you know, uh, all pointed to him and testified about Jesus. And that's what uh, Philip and Nathaniel were studying. They were studying Moses and the prophets, which testify about the Messiah. And it's interesting. We see here when when Philip says we uh, we have found and the way he says it there, we have found implies he was looking for he was looking for the Messiah. Philip and Nathaniel were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah to show up. They were looking for him based on their study of Moses and the prophets. I mean, that is very, very powerful. They were students of Moses and the prophets. What I mean by that, they were studying what Moses had written and, and, and the law and the prophets. They were studying that and they were actively looking for the Messiah. And, uh, and, and, it's interesting. Let me read from my notes again. Both Philip and Nathaniel were studying Moses and the prophets, which testify about the Messiah, who is Jesus. And they were looking for him based on those Old Testament prophecies. And you need to realize that it was the season back there then. It was the season for the Messiah to come the first time. I mean, it was the season. Anyone who was a student of the, of the, of Moses and the prophets, should have known that it was the season for the Messiah to come the first time. It really, really was. That, that's what was so astounding is that the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees and the doctors of the law should have known when Jesus showed up because he fulfilled all those Old Testament prophecies. They should have recognized him and they didn't. But Philip and Nathaniel were students of Moses and the prophets. Uh, they were they they were aware of the Old Testament prophecies. They realized it was the season for the Messiah to come, and uh, the, the first time. And uh, he's coming a second time, by the way. <laughs> he really is. But they realized it was the season for him to come the first time. They had studied the Word of God. They were aware of it, and they were they were look they were actively looking for him. And, oh, that's powerful. A lot of people don't know that about uh, Philip and Nathaniel, but 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 that's what they were doing. And and here's a lesson. Let me read from my notes. Jesus, the Messiah, came the first time on schedule as prophesied in the Word of God, and many, including Philip and Nathaniel, were looking for him. He will come again the second time. Oh, that excites me on schedule as prophesied in the word of God. And like Philip and Nathaniel, we should be looking for him. The word of God said he was going to come the first time and he came the first time right on schedule. Philip and Nathaniel were looking for him based on the word of God. You know, they knew the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. And when he showed up, 
They recognized him. I believe to the degree that we know the word of God, to that degree we'll be able to recognize Jesus because he is the word of God. I, I just, you know, I think that's a good statement. We need to know the word of God. We need to know the season in which we're living. See, they were aware, Philip and Nathaniel, they were aware of the season that they were in. They were, they were aware of Moses and the, and, and the prophets and they, they realized the Messiah was, a, was, was about to come that first time. And, and, and they were aware of that. They were looking for him. And when, when Jesus Jesus walked up, man, I mean, they, they recognized him and, and there he was. And I tell you what, he came on schedule the first time and we need to be like Philip and Nathaniel. We need to, we need to know the word of God. We need to know the, 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 the law. We need to know the prophets, not only the Old Testament prophecies, but, but everything that the New Testament has to say about his, his return. And we need to be aware of that. And I'm here today to tell you that, that I tell you all the signs that, 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 that need to be accomplished for Jesus to return have been accomplished. They, they really, really have. And, 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 and he is coming again. And we need to be, what, what lesson can we learn from Philip and Nathaniel? We need to learn that we need to be in the Word of God. God, studying the Word of God, aware that He's coming again. And He came the first time right on schedule. And I want to tell you, He is going to come the second time right on schedule. And they recognized Him when He showed up. And I tell you what, if we'll know the Word of God, we'll recognize Him. We really will. You know, He came the first time there. Uh, you know, born of the Virgin and, and all of that and into his three and a half year ministry and, and, and what a powerful thing it was. But, but you know what? He's coming again. And, and, and you know, when he was taken up, we'll get to this later on in, in this study, but when he, when Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, when he was taken up and the apostles were out there, they were looking up, you know, an angel stood, stood side of them and said, this same Jesus who goes up from, from you here today will so come again in like manner. And I tell you what, he's gonna come again. We're right in that. That season of time. I, glory to God. I tell you what, I, I've studied prophecy over the years. I, I'm aware of some things that the Bible says about his, his soon return. And you need to realize that he's coming again. There's actually his, his, his coming is in two parts. The first part is known as the rapture of the church where the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. And, and we who are alive and remain will be changed in the moment, uh, in, in the twinkling of an eye. We'll all be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture of the church. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. Praise God forevermore. And I tell you what, we're in, we're, we're in that, we're in that season. We really are in that season and there's going to be a catching up of the church, the great departure, glory to God, where we're caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But then seven years later, because there's a seven year tribulation. And then at the end of that uh, seven years, the Lord comes back in what is known as the official, the second coming, where he comes to earth and sets up his his millennial kingdom. Oh, I tell you what, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. And, and, and on top of all that, with the stuff going on over there in Russia and and and, and Ukraine and all of that. I tell you what, you, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, kingdoms and, 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 and different, di- different kingdoms of the earth, how there's principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual weakness in high places that are set up over these different kingdoms. And you can see how, the, how, how, how some of those, uh, those, those evil principalities and powers are set up over, over Vladimir Putin and whether wittingly or unwittingly, he's yielding to those things. And, uh, you can see by what he's doing over there in Ukraine and, 
and and but but you need to also realize that in my opinion a lot of that's taken place setting up setting the stage for for the end times. So you see, eventually, if you study prophecy, eventually. Russia, at some point in the future, whether before the rapture or after the rapture, I, I, I'm not sure. But at some point, they're gonna they're gonna make a, they're gonna move on uh, on Israel at some point. Now, I, out in the future, I don't know when that's gonna be, but it's on out in the future. But it's Ezekiel 38, 39. I tell you what, when they when when they I don't know if it'll be Putin at the time running it, but at at some point down the road they're going to move on Israel and when they do I tell you what it's going to be worse than meeting the NATO NATO nations I tell you what God's going to slaughter them in that hour but nonetheless with that having been said I can see with what's going on over there right now how the stage is being set for the for the end time prophetic events to take to take place and for the Lord's return and uh we need to keep the people of Ukraine in prayer all the innocent folks in prayer and all of that but I'm just trying to tell you that 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 I can see the stage being set for uh, uh for the for the end time uh, prophecies to be fulfilled and all of that but uh but but what am I trying to ultimately say here let's learn a lesson from Philip and Nathaniel let's stay in the word of God let's be let's be aware of the season in which we're in let's be looking for Jesus to show up because just as sure as he came the first time and Peter, James, John, you know, Andrew, uh, Philip, Nathaniel, and they saw him. I tell you what, we're going to get to see him too. Glory to God. Praise God. The only difference is really, I mean, there they saw him in his natural body. We're going to get to see him it is in his glorified body, but we're going to get to see Jesus nonetheless. And I'm looking forward to it. How about you? So let's learn a lesson from Philip and Nathaniel. Let us be students of, the, of prophecy and know the word of God. I think every Christian ought to have a working knowledge of the prophetic events of the Bible. Absolutely. But uh, just take it from me. The Lord is coming soon. So you need to be ready for him. All right. Looking for him. Now, with that, with that said, uh, see, I bet a lot of folks out there, I bet you didn't know Philip and Nathaniel were, were, were in the law of Moses and in the prophets and studying, looking for Jesus. Well, they were, let's learn a lesson from them and let's do the same, okay? Uh, and, and not only the, the, uh, like I said, of the Old Testament, but let's be studying all the New Testament's just full of things about the Lord's return and all of that. So let's stay in the, in the Old Testament prophecies, New Testament prophecies, and let's be looking for him because he's coming again. Well, you can tell him, <laughs> I, I'm excited. I get excited when I start talking about prophetic events and the rapture of the church and, uh, well, Christian ought to be excited about that. All right, with that being said, look at verse 46. Because uh, 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 Philip had said Nathaniel that Jesus was from Nazareth. And in verse 46, he says, Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. And then he says this, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, I'll just interject my thoughts. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But apparently, uh, folks out of Nazareth didn't have too good of a reputation. And 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 he said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then Philip said, come and see for yourself. And, uh, uh, and, and of course, Philip went and so forth. But here's a lesson we can learn. Don't disqualify someone based on where they come from. That's pretty good. I mean, I mean, Philip. He was ready to, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Nathaniel was ready to disqualify Jesus because he came from Nazareth. He said, uh, can anything good 
uh, can, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So lesson to learn here, don't disqualify somebody based on where they come from. All right, good lesson to, to know. But he says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then verse 47, as they approach Jesus, as they approach, Jesus said, now he said this, he said this to, uh, to Nathaniel, also known as Bartholomew. He said this, Jesus said this to them, to him. He said, now here is a genuine son of Israel. And then he says this, so he said, he said, here's a, here's a genuine, here's a Jewish man. A genuine son of Israel. And then he said this, a man of complete integrity. And the King James says it this way. He says, it says this, in whom is no guile. Now, and I tell you what, this is so powerful. This is so good. And you know, of all the apostles, if you wanted to ask me who my favorite one was, I would have, I would, you know, most people would say, well, it's Peter. Or most people say, well, it's John. Uh, nobody's going to say it was Judas Iscariot, okay? All right. But, you know, you might have different ones that was your favorite. But I tell you what, I have to say that Nathaniel Bartholomew would have to be my favorite. I mean, this guy, he was a student of the Word of God. He was under the fig, sitting under the fig tree studying the Word of God. And then Jesus says something else about him. He says, in whom there is no guile, a man of complete integrity. I mean, that just, I, 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 I just like this guy. I mean, I like this guy. And you know what? I, I studied into this word guile. And let me just read from my notes here. I think it's powerful. In whom is no guile, a man of complete integrity, person with no guile, it means that he was not deceitful. It means that Nathaniel here I'm talking about was not deceptive. He was not crafty. He, he, he was not cunningly crafty like, like the Bible says the devil is. He was not a trickster. When I, when I say trick, he wasn't tricky. Have you ever dealt with somebody that's tricky? You just can't really trust them. They're tricky. There was none of that in him. Uh, uh, he he was not he he, he was not a, a, a this means he wasn't a bait and switch kind of a guy yeah, you know you know what i mean by that have you ever read an ad in, in the newspaper and it says they got some sort of a sale at the store and some certain things or you know it says it says, it says you know it'll list some something something about something they have at the store on you know on sale and you show up and and, and the things you're looking for it, it's not the price that that what you thought it was and and when you look at the fine printer or whatever i mean i mean they they were technically telling the truth in the ad but it was misleading see there was none of that in nathaniel he wasn't a bait and switch kind of a guy no this means there, there's no lying in him uh he, he he was he was not subtle he was not full of half truths you know have you ever run into people they'll tell you like half truths I, I i know this a half truth is equal to a whole lie don't ever forget that uh there was no exaggerate he wasn't a person of exaggeration you know uh you know, he, he, he didn't, he wouldn't tell a fish story. You know what I mean by that? You know, people go fishing and they catch, they catch a fish and, you know, it, 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 they'll say the fish I caught was, you know, was, was that big. Now, well, how big was it? I mean, was it that big or what? 
There was none of that in him. He, this man told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I like that. And there was no exaggeration about him. Um, he, he, he wouldn't distort the truth. He would tell the complete truth, completely honest. These are things that I, as I studied what this means, no guile, completely sincere. He had a pure heart, completely forthright. He's the kind of person that would lay all his cards on the table. Uh, I, I don't mean this disrespectful to any car salesman out there, but you know, the stigma on car salesmen is they're not always, uh, uh, truthful, truthful, you know, or politicians are not always truthful or, uh, this, he would not, he would not, this, this Nathaniel would have not, he would not have made a good car salesman. He, especially a used car salesman, he, and I'm not trying to put anybody down, I'm just trying to have a little fun, but you get what I'm saying. He would not have made a good politician. Why? Because he told the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. There was nothing shady or tricky in him. Absolutely not. He lay all his cards on the table. Uh, you knew right where you stood with him. He wouldn't take advantage. He wouldn't take advantage of someone through underhanded methods. You know, he, he would not have made a, a good modern day televangelist that tries to use gimmicks to get your money. I preached on that several weeks ago. Uh, 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 Nathaniel wouldn't have made a good one of those. He, he couldn't have done that. That's, that's why I like this guy. I like this guy. Um, uh, he, it, it means he wouldn't work a deal behind somebody's back, you know. He wasn't a behind the backer. Absolutely not. You know, uh, uh, you know, he, this guy here wouldn't have a kiss for your cheek and a knife for your back. You know, like Judas did, Judas Iscariot did to Jesus. He was not a fraud. He was a man of complete integrity. And what's the lesson? We need to be like this guy. We really need to be like Nathaniel, also known as Bartholomew, my favorite uh, of Jesus' 12 disciples, this guy was a straight shooter. He, you know, you ever hear, well, he's a straight shooter, but he was shooting with a curved cue stick. No, no, this guy was a straight shooter and his cue stick was straight. This guy was straight as an arrow and, uh, and I like this guy. I, and we need to be like him. We really need to do, Christians ought to be like this guy. And, uh, and, and because he was honest and true, I believe he was looking for that which was honest and true, and true, and he found such a one. He found the, the the truth. He found Jesus. Glory to God. That's so powerful. So Jesus looks at him and says, uh, he says, uh, 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 he says, a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity, uh, or in whom there's no guile. Boy, that impresses me. I like that about him. And then verse forty-eight. Uh, he says to Jesus, how do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree. Now see, I told you we were going to get to that, but there it is. He was under the fig tree. And remember what Jews typically did under the fig tree. They would study the law of Moses and the prophets and so forth. So he said, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Uh, something I'd note here. Uh, Jesus, I tell you what, he can look right into our hearts. He can look right into our hearts. So, hey, let's have a pure heart. Let's be like, uh, let's be like, let's be like Nathaniel, okay? And, uh, and then verse 49, then Nathaniel explained, Rabbi, he said, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Boy, it didn't take him long to get saved, did it? I mean, it didn't take him long to get saved. And, uh, uh, let me, let me just say this. Uh, 
now, now here's a man who was a natural born Jew. They're the chosen people of God. Okay. And this man was walking right before God. It's clear to me. There was no guile in him. He was honest. He was studying the law of Moses and all of that. But even this man had to be saved. I preached a message one time. Even the good must be saved. See, I, I closed up with this last week in my altar call. I, I said some things about it. But, you know, it's harder a lot of times to get a good moral person saved than it is an old, what we'd consider, consider an old rank sinner, you know, an adulterer or a drunk. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes those are people are easier to get saved than the good moral person because the, the drunk or the adulterer, the cusser, the stealer, you know what I'm talking about? They, they, they can pretty well know they, they need a change in their life. They need to repent, but it's the good moral person that, you know, that does everything right, you know, they drink their milk, take their vitamins, you know what I'm talking about. They, you know, they do everything just by the book. See, a lot of times those people trust in their own works. And they, they trust in themselves to, to be saved. And a lot of times it's harder to get those people saved than it is that what we consider this just the old rank sinner. Thing is, they're both sinners. You need to realize that. And, uh, and, uh, you know, Cornelius in Acts the 10th chapter, he was one of the most moral men in the Bible. And he, he was devout. He prayed. He gave to the poor. He was a good family man and all of that. And, uh, an, a, a, but an angel appeared to him and said to him, go send for Peter and he'll tell you what you must do. And you think, well, what, what do you mean what I must do? I'm a good family man. I give money to the poor. I pray every day. But see, uh, he wasn't saved. And, and, and he sent for Peter. Long story short, Peter came over to his house, preached Jesus to him, preached the, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, Cornelius got saved in his whole household. <laughs> Glory to God. Even the good must be saved. Okay? And Nathaniel was a good, I mean, he was a good man. He was a good man, but he being, he was an Israelite. He was a natural born Jew, good, godly person, student of the word of God, but even he needed to be saved. And he saw Jesus and it didn't take him long. He said, Rabbi, he said, Rabbi. And then he said, he said, teacher, he said, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. My goodness, he didn't take him long. He just was with Jesus just short time. He got saved. Glory to God. And then, uh, and then in verse 50, Jesus uh, asked him, he said, do you believe just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? He said, you'll see greater things than this. And he sure did. He saw the dead raised, the lepers cleansed, the blind eyes opened. He saw Jesus cast out demons. He saw him walk on the water. I mean, he saw a whole lot more than, than, than Jesus had this uh, word of knowledge here. Uh, saw him under the fig tree, but uh, he saw greater things than that. And uh, 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 lesson here, uh, if we'll follow Jesus, we'll see great things. And you see, Nathaniel, he followed Jesus and he saw great things. And then Jesus went on and he said, I tell you the truth, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Uh, that's, that's a greater thing right there. And he got to see all of that. Uh, again, lesson, if you follow Jesus, you will get to see great things. I've been following Jesus for a long time and I've got to see some great things. I've got to see Jesus heal people. I mean, for, uh, for 20 
37 years, I watched him heal one person right after the next of all kinds of things, just about everything you can imagine, cancer, uh, uh, back problems, uh, I mean, Crohn's disease, fibromyalgia. I've seen people with big, big gross on their neck. Those gross just go away. I've seen ears and deaf ears pop open. I mean, I've seen bellies that are blowed up, you know, bloated and the power of God hit the person and, and deflate the belly. I've seen, you know, people come off crutches. And, I mean, I, I, I followed Jesus and I've got to see the power of God, the healing power of God in operation. I've got to see some really, really good things. Uh, because I followed Jesus. I tell you, if you follow Jesus, you'll get to see some good things. Now, let me go, uh, that was Nathaniel. Let's, let's do some more on Philip here before I close. Uh, let's go to John 6, cause we talked about Nathaniel. Let's center in on Philip here for a moment. Uh, pretty good stuff there on Nathaniel. I, I hope you like him as much as I do, but let's do Philip now. And, uh, and Philip, he went and got, uh, Nathaniel brought him to Jesus, all of that, but it has good stuff. We all need to be soul winners. But look here at John 6, verse 5. Now, this is the, the situation again with the feeding of the 5,000, uh, you know, and, and they don't have enough, enough uh, food there to feed them, Jesus and his apostles, you know. And John 6, verse 5, Then uh, Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now apparently they had the money. It was in the it, it was in the it was in the money sack that Judas Iscariot was 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 uh, attending to. But you know, money's no good if you don't have anywhere to shop. You know what I mean? And so anyway, but he said, "Where shall we buy bread that these may eat?" Uh, but this he said. Now watch this. Learn some lessons here. This Jesus said to test him to test him. For he himself, Jesus himself, knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, and he said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may even have a little. In other words, you know, 200 denarii worth of bread. I mean, is it, I mean, anything we can get here is not going to be sufficient that, that they could even eat a little bit. Uh, so let me read from my notes some lessons here. First lesson is, there are times that Jesus will test us. Now, I didn't say tempt us because uh, the Bible says uh, uh, that, that, that the Lord won't tempt us with evil. So I didn't say tempt. I said test. Absolutely. The Lord will give us tests. Absolutely. And it's important that when he gives us a question that we have the right answer. Okay, it, it, we just when the Lord uh, when He asks us a question, we need to give Him the right answer. Now I, I'm going to tell you how you can do that here. So 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 listen carefully. We always need to be ready to give Jesus the right answer. Philip, now Philip didn't have the right answer. He, you know why? Let me tell you why. Because it was not an answer of faith. It wasn't an answer of faith. He, he spoke of not being sufficient, not being enough, to have even a little. See, those, that's not, that's not the way the Lord, that's not what he wants to hear. Philip didn't answer the question right. See, the Lord don't want to, he don't want, he doesn't want to hear not sufficient. Oh, Lord, we just, no, we don't have enough. 
not going to be sufficient, not enough, not even to have just a little. No, you're going to get you're going to get Jesus take his red marking pen and put 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 the red. You know, I used to be a school teacher, and when a kid get the answer wrong, I put an X with my I had a red marking pen and put an X on it. You know, and uh, we don't want Jesus to do that uh, to our answers. So, see, Philip did not answer in faith. He's talking about not sufficient, not enough, not not even to have a little. See, all that's just doubt and unbelief. And you can't please the Lord with doubt and unbelief. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So, so He gave the wrong answer. How can we have the right answer? Let's answer in faith. And, you know, like, like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, you know, we, we've got more than enough, you know, and remember faith calls things that be not as though they were. Absolutely. So, you know, you know, when, when, absolutely. And, and the right answer would have been, you know, uh, not, you start talking about, you know, you know, Lord, we don't have, we, you know, Lord, we, you know, it, it, going by the circumstances here, um, you know, it doesn't look good, but we've got you. And we know that if we put this little in your touch, little becomes much when it's put in the master's touch. You know, Lord, you know, we, we know you can do all things, you know, that would have been a better answer. But he's he's given doubt. He's given unbelief. And uh, it, it was not the right answer. OK, and so call things that be not as though they were. You, you understand. Give answers of faith. I can do I can do all things. You know, when 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 the Lord said to him, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Lord, you know, uh, we don't have anywhere here around here to, to buy bread, but we know that you can do all things. We know you can do it. So we're just going to believe you and trust you and, and we know that you'll look to the heavenly father and, and he'll, he'll, he's gonna, gonna supply and, and, uh, uh, and everything's gonna be fine. That would have been a better answer. I think that would have pleased Jesus. He, he gave the wrong answer. So let's realize Jesus will test us at times and when he tests us, let's give an answer of faith. Let's, let's call things that be not as though they were. You understand that and, and it'll please the Lord. And then uh, here's another lesson I have in my notes. Uh, look at Jesus, not the circumstances. That's what Philip was doing. He was looking at the circumstances, and it did look bleak. But don't look at the circumstances. Look at Jesus. And, and so let's let's always remember that. And I'm preaching to myself right now as much as to you. Don't look at the circumstance. I'll preach to my, get on the other side of that camera and preach to myself. Hey, Terry, don't look at the circumstance. Look at Jesus. All right. And when Jesus asks you a question, answer it in faith. Don't give the mully grub. Oh, I, you know, I've watched people for almost 30 years and, oh, we just aren't going to be able to make it. Well, oh, we're just so sick. Oh, we're just this. We're just that. We're, you know, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Glory to God. You know, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, those are answers of faith and that'll please the Lord. But this milly mouth, we all, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm just so weak. I'm just always sick all the time. No, just start. You see, that's, that, that's not going to please the Lord. You're going to fail the test. But you know what? Stand up and learn a lesson here today. Give the right answer. Answer in faith. It'll please the Lord. The power of God will meet you at your 
when you, I tell you what, you start releasing those words of faith, I tell you, tell you what, the power of God will go into operation and, and, and that power will bring you up out of that lack, up out of that defeat, up out of that sickness, glory to God, off that sick bed of sickness and disease, up, oh, absolutely, praise God it will. But if you give answers of, I just, I'm just so sick all the time. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't seem like I ever have enough. Well, then that's not going to get the power of God moving. But you give answers of faith. I tell you what, faith will activate the power of God and, uh, and, and, and it change things around in your life. So anyway, <laughs> glory to God. And then here's something else we learn here. Jesus always knows what he's going to do. <laughs> I mean, the Bible says, for he himself knew what he would do. You know, I, I mean, you know, I, you know, I th- I'm just standing here thinking about this. You know, a better answer even than, 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 than what he gave there is, is, you know, he might have been better off. I'm just thinking here. I'm just doing this on the fly here as I go, but, but sometimes the good things come out. You know, maybe a better answer would have been if you can't say something, was if you can't say something positive, don't say anything at all. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe he'd have been better off just to keep his mouth shut and say, Lord, I don't know, but you know. I mean, that would have maybe been a better answer than, than saying, we don't have, it's not sufficient. We don't have enough. Maybe it would have just been better just to, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, do like Schultz did on, remember on uh, Hogan's Heroes that, 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 that sergeant, I, he, I see nothing. I know nothing. I say, say nothing. Remember that guy? It, maybe it would have been better if Philip would have just, just said nothing and said, or said, Lord, I don't know. I don't know, but I know you know, and we're going to do whatever you want done. That would have, I think that would have been a good answer, don't you think? I think it would have been. Because Jesus always knows what he's going to do. And look at, look at, let's see what he did. John 6 verse 10, then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down and the number about 5,000. There's a lot of people. And that's just the men. There were you know, obviously women and children, so there's more, more than that, no, no doubt. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples. Now watch this. He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. See, Jesus knew what he was going to do. He always knows. He, he always knows what he's going to do. As much as they wanted, so they were filled. And when they were filled, the he said to the disciples, watch this, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Wow, isn't that powerful? Jesus knew what he was going to do. See, Philip should have looked to that. Say, Lord, you know, if he can't speak faith, then just don't say nothing. Just say, Lord, I don't know, but I know you know. <laughs> we'll do whatever you say, okay? But anyway, so Jesus, he, he came to the rescue there, didn't he? And he, he, he filled them up. But let me just read from my notes some lessons. Listen to this. Now, you remember how he, he distributed the food to the disciples. Now, learn a lesson here. He distributed the food to the disciples and then the disciples distributed to the people. Now listen to this. There are some things that you'll get from Jesus only through the spiritual leadership God has set up over you. Oh my goodness. That was worth, that was worth get, listening to this to get that right there. 
you know, I know that you don't need a, 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 a man, a woman, a boy or a girl to hear from God for you. You can do that yourself. Absolutely, you've got the word of, if you're born again, you know, well, it, you've got the Bible. If you're born again, you got the Holy Spirit in you. So you can hear from God for yourself. Absolutely. But I also want to tell you this. There are some things, some things that you'll only get through Jesus, that you'll only get from him. Let me say it that way. There are some things that you'll only get from Jesus. Let me say it again. There's some things you'll get from Jesus only through the spiritual leadership that he set up over you. In other words, Jesus, watch this, Jesus didn't just directly give that food to the people. No, no, no. He took it, he blessed it and all that. Very important. But he didn't, Jesus didn't give it directly to the people. He gave it to the apostles. And the apostles gave it to the people. See the picture here? It's so vitally important. Now, there's a lot of things we can get directly from Jesus and we don't need, you know, our pastor or anybody else. We can hear from God directly. Absolutely. But there are some things, listen to me, that you'll get from Jesus only through the spiritual leadership that he has set up over you. And these, these d- disciples here, these apostles were, were spiritual leadership under Jesus, yet over the people. And, and, it, and, and the, the provision came from Jesus to the, the spiritual leadership, the apostles, to the people. You see this over in Revelation chapters two and three, when Jesus is giving messages to those seven churches there that are mentioned, and he didn't speak uh, to the people. See what Jesus did. He gave the message to John. John gave the message then to the, uh, uh pastors of those churches. And then the pastors gave the, 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 gave, gave the message that Jesus had. He gave it to John, John to the pastors and the pastors to the people. And they were only going to get that revelation through their pastor. And there are some things you'll only get from God through your pastor. That's why you need to know who your pastor is. You need to let God, I've said this for years, you don't pick your pastor, you let God pick your pastor. You don't pick your local church. Too many people, well, I'm going to go out and find a church. Well, well, let me find one. Well, let's see, what kind of coffee and donuts are they serving over there? Oh, well, I like their coffee and donuts. I'm going to go there. I, I don't like the coffee and donuts they serve over there. Or, oh, I like, the, I like the music over there better than the music over there. And on it goes. Well, I'm going to go to that church because, you know, my Aunt Ethel goes to that church. I'm going to go there because... My son or my daughter goes there. Or I'm going to go to that church because my friends go there. Listen, your friend's pastor doesn't have the word you need to know on a weekly basis. Your pastor has the word you need to hear on a weekly basis. You know, and, and, and I tell you what, I've had people go out uh, for, for years and they shake my hands and again and again. They say, Pastor, how did you know I needed to hear that word today? And it happens again and again and again over 27 years. It's because I'm your pastor. If you go out of the church and you never can say, boy, I needed to hear that. Now, it may not happen every week, but but it should happen more than not. If you go out of that church and you can't say that, you're in the wrong church. I mean, you need to find where that, that pastor is speaking to your heart on a regular, I mean, maybe not every sermon directly for you, but you, you get what I'm saying. People go by, Pastor Terry, oh my gosh, how did, and it wasn't just, oh, nice, Pat, nice, nice message, Pastor Terry, but I mean, they're moved. They come and say, Pastor, I needed to hear that. How did you know I needed to hear that? 
because I'm your pastor and I've been praying, hearing from God during the week and he gave the message to me to preach that day that you needed to hear. So what I'm trying to say is uh, don't go somewhere because your friends go there. Nothing wrong with visiting somewhere or anything like that. You understand. But don't don't pick your church based on I'm going to go there because my friends go there or I'm going to go there because I like the coffee and donuts or the music or this or the or the pastor's funny. Oh, he tells all kind of funny jokes. Hey, I can tell funny jokes. I can, I can stand here for an hour and tell you one joke right after the next, one funnier than the next, humdingers. I tell you what, but that, those jokes, as funny as they are, they won't get the devil off your back in the midnight hour. No, no, no. The Word of God will do that. That's why I stay on the Word of God. But don't go to some church because it's, cause it's, you know, so many people, they, they want to go to a church that's like a cruise ship, you know? No, a church ought to be a church where you're hearing the Word of God. You, you understand? So f- let Jesus pick your church. Yeah, go out and visit. Go out and visit. Scout out the land. But I tell you what, go where, let Jesus pick. He knows where your church is, who your pastor is, and then get in there and stay there and don't leave until He, the Lord, really for real he might tell you to leave somewhere he might tell you to stay there for the rest of your life but you just follow him but you get what I'm saying because there's some things you're only going to get from God that you need to know through your pastor amen did you get that (laughs) I hope you did I'm passionate about it because I've seen so many people and they just kind of drift around and they never have victory in their life. And one of the reasons is they're not in the church they're supposed to be in, hearing the word of God that God has for them on a regular weekly basis. So, hey, anyway, there's some things you're only going to get from the Lord through your pastor. You understand that? And uh, then some other things from this lesson here. We learn that Jesus will fill you. He'll satisfy you, which he did to that crowd. They had as much as they wanted. They were filled. And here's something else we learn, that Jesus does not like to waste things. He absolutely doesn't. And that, that there was, what, 12 basketfuls left over? And he it was important to the Lord that nothing is lost or wasted. Jesus doesn't like wasting things. He, he, he really doesn't. And he doesn't want anything to be lost. He doesn't even want uh, uh, leftover bread, crumbs to be lost. How much more does he, does he not want any souls to be lost? Oh my goodness. That was, that was, <laughs> that's a good statement, isn't it? But know that about the Lord. He, he don't like waste. He doesn't like, like waste being wasteful. He, he just doesn't. So learn that about him. And then another lesson from Philip. And then I'll, then, then I'll close here uh, because I'm all out of notes for today. So, so John 14, uh, verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, now listen to this. Another lesson from Philip. He said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll uh, be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And uh, here's a lesson. You can spend time around Jesus and still not really know him. And that is so true. And that happened right here. Philip had been around Jesus for a good long time. And he still really didn't know Jesus. Now, he he knew him in that he was saved, all right. That's not what I'm talking about. But he really didn't know. He really didn't know Jesus. He, he didn't really know his heart the way that he should have. And Jesus said, Have I been so long with you, and yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. You can be around Jesus. You can see all the miracles, this, that, and the other. Hear the teaching, all of that. 
and still not really know him. Now, Philip was a saved man. That's not the issue here. It was that he really didn't know the heart of Jesus. And and that said, we need to learn a lesson that, that you could be around Jesus and still not really know him. Don't let that happen to you. I know as a pastor, I uh, dealt with that uh, on occasion over the years where people would work so closely with me. And then, and then you know, uh, but but then when you got right down to it, you can see they really didn't know my heart about a, a certain issue. And, and, it, and it, it's sad. But it happened to Jesus. It happened to probably any pastor, any, any anyone in spiritual leadership. But maybe that'll help, help a pastor out there somewhere. But, uh, but, uh, but let's, let's realize this, that it's possible to spend time around Jesus and still not really know him. So don't let that happen to you. And then also here too, if you have seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. You need to know that Jesus is the express image of God the Father. Jesus is the second member of the Trinity, and he took on human form, became a human being, uh, but he's the second member of the Trinity. He is the express image of God the Father, absolutely. And uh, and and when you see Jesus, you, 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 you've seen the Father. Now, they're not one in the same. Remember the Godhead, uh, the, the Trinity, three distinct persons, but one in complete unity. I can't explain it to, to you beyond that. There's one God, but he's manifested himself in three distinct persons, okay? But if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what the will of the Heavenly Father is for all men, for all time, just look at the ministry of Jesus. Because if you've seen Jesus... Uh, you've seen the Father. If you want to know how the Father feels about something, just listen to what Jesus had to say because because if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. Well, I hope this helped you today and some really good lessons here. And next week, I believe we'll pick up with uh, Matthew, who's also known as Levi, and I believe we'll get to Thomas, doubting Thomas, but you'll see I have some things to say about that too, uh, about what people call him doubting Thomas. I'll save that for next week, but we'll get to them next week. Hope you've been enjoying this. Um, I know I sure have enjoyed teaching it to you. So hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to receive him today. The Bible says there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And the only way to miss hell when you die and make heaven is to repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So call on his name uh, with a repentant heart and, 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 and mean it. Mean business with God. Call on Jesus and he'll save you faster than I can snap my finger. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven when you die, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.